0: I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future.
1: And I'm Tom. Lying is not patriotic, bionic.
0: Wow, that's a deep thought. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just the moral for the day or if it's foreshadowing of a topic for today. Yes. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you for another week of the Future Quake show. We we hope you all are um, um, okay with our new format. Um we've got some guests coming up here in the next few weeks for some of our more traditional type shows. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to continue with our Tomorrow's Tremors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I noticed over the last couple of weeks since we've gone to this 80-minute format is that we still don't make a dent in all the stories we I bring. was going
1: to say a radical increase in hate mail. It's like, <laughs> well,
0: yeah, no, I don't very. know. Um, it's almost like we're, we're like a gas. We fill any volume any Mm -hmm. container that we're given, you know, for whatever it is, we're still going to have extra stories. But ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be with you, appreciate everybody emailing and all your support and encouragement, particularly during our our post-WENO phase, and we don't know what the Lord has in store, but we have some exciting things going on, I think I mentioned some of them to you over the last week or two, that we're going to try some bold things and just sort of see what happens there, but uh Tom, do you have any announcements yourself before we get into the news that well, you'd like to bring up? Two two big announcements. Announcement
1: one is, of course, I uh, just want to keep talking about the, um, uh, the I, I guess it has a name now, the politics of religion, politicsofreligion.com. Is it, is yeah, the, the, that's the conference. The conference we're doing. I'm excited about In that. Fort
0: Wayne, Indiana, yeah. April 1st and 2nd, mm-hmm. 2011.
1: Indeed. I am really uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to your talk about about the separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Would everything? you
0: prepare it for me?
1: I was just gonna ask you if you wouldn't or mind ghostwriting me with mine. Oh, okay. You
0: know? All right. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. Those are I think that's gonna be a blast.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Uh we'll both be speaking. Mm-hmm. Chris White. mm mm-hmm. um, Chris Pinto? Is he still so Chris planning Pinto to come? Pinto's gonna be
1: there? Andrew Hoffman. Andrew, Andrew. Hoffman.
0: Mm-hmm. Um we've got um um, Gilbert, Derek Gilbert mm-hmm. will be be there. Is so. he going to
1: speak or is he going to MC? I don't, I don't or know. Work the fireworks.
0: I don't know. I don't know what he'll do, mm-hmm. but uh, he'll be present.
1: Well, there's already talk of a Nashville convoy.
0: Really? Yeah. We got through a the
1: convoy. Night. <laughs> yep.
0: You know, people have said they appreciated our convoy references earlier on Future yeah. Quake, so. Can you be... So, uh, what was that? Rubber was the, Duck.
1: Rubber Duck and Huggy Bear. Big Ben, bear? this
0: here is a rubber duck. We ain't going to pay no toll. So we <laughs> crashed the gate doing 98 saying, let them truckers roll
1: 10-4. You are just magic when it comes to C.W. McCall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Remember his other big hit? Mm-hmm. No. Roses for Mama, today's her birthday. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how most people treated that song. It didn't go too far. Mm-hmm. Convoy was pretty much it.
1: Well, yeah, it's a good thing he, that was a that's a hit right there. Yeah, that yeah. was
0: trucking through the night. Of course, yeah. when I grew up as a uh, adolescent and early teenager, mm-hmm. everybody had CBs. That was the craze. Everybody had them, and after church on Sunday night, everybody'd go sit in their car and turn their CBs on top.
1: I had a friend who had a mobile ham radio that he could tune to CB frequencies through some uh, yeah I guess radio magic. Yeah, and I mean, you know, CBs typically you know put out what like. 20 watts i don't know yeah his his mobile base station put out like four or five hundred watts of power wow and he would he would drown he would he would get out on the road and flip that thing on and and put it on the cb channels and just drowned everybody out for like 75 miles
0: around well you know we're not cb quakes i don't want to take our time with this but i will tell you one other funny thing that happened at church Mm -hmm. um There was this couple who uh, went to our church, and they weren't there Sunday night for church. And so Mm -hmm. we had testimony night, and one of the guys got up giving a testimony Mm -hmm. about how he felt like the devil had come into our church through certain things and certain people and stuff like that. And he was really, well, wasn't typical for our church, but he was pretty wound up. Yeah. Yeah. So he was talking about the devil, trying to get into all sorts of different things, and Suddenly we heard this breakthrough on the PA system. And the PA system right at that point said, this is the Red Devil signing off. And what had happened is this couple had arrived late. He was on his CB, and it got through our PA system. And I guess his handle was Red Devil. Oh, my God. Right when this man was talking. So he came in. they came in, and everybody starts laughing, and he didn't know what was going on. So. Whoa. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, sort of spiritual it. warfare kind of thing too in the CB world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. let's get on some stories. Unless there's some other announcements. Nope, that's it. Um, you what? Are you pointing at me like to I'm begin? I'm pointing at you, brother. Okay. Um, well, since we're talking about uh, since we're talking about church stuff, I might as well say something else uncomfortable. Great. Okay? I'm like Mister Inconvenient Truth lately. Um. Here is uh one that came out just in the last week. Uh uh cathedral scandal. Did Reverend Schuler fleece his flock? Uh this is from the uh Jim Corey. It says members of the famed California church the Crystal Cathedral were dealt a double blow by their trusted pastor Robert Schuler. The lavish Christian worship center f- filed for bankruptcy last October, Thousand, shocking thousands of the church's members and millions of its donors.
1: Now, I thought he had retired. And he was, yeah, there was a
0: big battle over the pulpit there, yeah. you know, and his son left. Uh, it says, of uh, Reverend Shuler's internationally syndicated ministry, Hour of Power. Now, you know, for some of our younger listeners, they maybe don't realize the impact that the Crystal Cathedral and Shuler and Hour of Power have, but they were one of the really, really heavy hitters in religious T V, media, very prominent spokesperson. I mean, this guy was really big. They they were known for like not reading scripture, hardly any on T V, really positive motivation speeches, no nothing negative like sin and things like that. So mm. it says that blow was followed by a KO punch when newly released financial documents revealed that in the midst of severe financial turmoil that included stiffing vendors and employees out of their pay, the church located in Garden Grove, California paid more than $1.8 million to a chosen few including Schuler family members. Yeah. Documents filed Wednesday in the cathedral's bankruptcy case show that about 23 insiders and relatives enjoyed handsome salaries, benefits and perks from the founding minister Schuler in the year immediately prior to Crystal Cathedral filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. During the prior year, donations drastically fell, necessitating the layoff of church employees and terminating its business dealings with vendors. In many cases, without pay or compensation, even choir members and musicians were terminated without pay or severance packages. However, investigation revealed that $832,500 in tax-exempt housing allowances were given to eight people. So that's, that's average over $100,000 housing allowance a year, okay? Hmm. And payments to all five of Schuler's children and their spouses. Schuler's financial records, which were only examined once the bankruptcy proceedings forced their promulgation, reveal how the church conducted business and the extent to which the Shuler family members and minions profited at a time of financial trouble for the church. According to the Los Angeles Times on Friday, the U.S. official overseeing the cathedral's bankruptcy had questioned the redundant duties of some church insiders and family members and said there was, quote, no justification whatsoever. For the $132,000 housing allowance paid to Chief Financial Officer Fred Southard. Mm-hmm. Southard has said the allowance was a benefit he is entitled to as a minister ordained by Crystal Cathedral, according to the LA newspaper. Can you imagine if you had 132000 just for a yearly housing allowance? Well, it's pretty good, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's, uh, I have, I can't even think about that. Well, it, it like, $132,000 for a house for just for, for your just for the year for the house. to cover yeah yep. housing
0: allowance US tax law for religious organizations allow churches to give housing allowances to ordained ministers who perform certain duties or ministries such allowances are tax exempt at the federal and state levels which if more of this gets caught they'll take they'll get rid of that mm-hmm. you know they'll abuse it affiliated with the Dutch Reformed Church in America the fellowship of celebrated pastor Norman Vincent Peale the Crystal Cathedral, then known as Garden Grove Community Church, was founded in 1955 by Schuller and his wife Arvella. Even when the church was physically sound, there were stories told of how the church gave money to family members, who in some cases performed seemingly little work. Those allegations have never amounted to any civil or criminal legal action because religious nonprofits are not required to file tax statements or make its finances public. The L.A. Times reported that the latest records show that all five of Shuler's children and their spouses collected payouts from the church as either employees or vendors. The payments, which total about $1.2 million, okay, that's their children's spouses, mm-hmm. help support expensive homes. Milner and her husband Timothy uh, own houses in Orange and Boulder, Colorado, valued at more than a million dollars. The Duns own at least two properties in Hawaii, and the Laguna Beach home of Robert Schuler is valued at more than 1 million as well. While the family members continued to collect pay, revenue was flagging dramatically. From January 2010 to October 18th, when the church filed for bankruptcy, Crystal Cathedral reported $22.3 million in revenue, down from 41.2 in 2009 and 54.6 in 2008. And they owe creditors forty eight point five million, according to financial statements Whoa. so uh it's a very interesting story about this mm-hmm. and uh so they were not paying the people who were working for the church and doing stuff while they were sending that kind of money to family. Wow, one of the leaders of uh Christian church in America, you know, mm-hmm. most influential people.
1: That's really, really, really too bad.
0: My, my, my problem is, is that how come people didn't see this ahead of time when they saw what was going on? Well, you know, I there's mean, this whole if idea. you have no way to be able to, to see that, in people, I guess the way I was raised, when we saw that in people growing up, you could see it a mile away.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a, I think there's a circle the wagons mentality that has not been, yeah. um, not been fruitful. Uh, yeah. Because it allows for increased graft. Yeah, you know, unfortunately. Nepotism.
0: <clears throat>
1: yeah. You want a story? Yeah. All right. Well, this is from Ron Paul. It is a Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's some guy, mm mm-hmm. mhm, some guy. <clears throat> Why does this always happen? My throat gets
0: You just do it on air. Only only when
1: the uh, uh, only when it's only when the mic is on. Um this is a piece that he wrote that's called "Lying is not patriotic." And it really, it it really like kind of kind of hit me. Right. You know, it was it was like an encapsulation of everything. Well, that a I lot of think. what
0: he writes does hit me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that's me why too. the the Christian community hates him.
1: Because it's honest or I mean, honest
0: integrity. Yeah. You know, fidelity yeah. to his wife. Yeah, it's yeah the footage. gets zero on value voters. Some my conservative yeah. Christian voters. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's very sad to see what the visible church has sort of uh, done to a guy who seems to elucidate most of the values that i see in the bible exactly uh at any rate i I digress here but only slightly anyway the piece is called line excuse me
0: by the way most of the reason i hear why people don't like even the church is because he doesn't believe the government can solve the drug problem and that enough is for them to overlook all of his other virtues
1: Hmm. so well there's some certainly certainly some problems with that um let, let let me let me jump in here um Wanky release of classified information has generated a lot of attention worldwide in the past few weeks. The hysterical reaction makes one wonder if this is not an example of killing the messenger for the bad news. Despite what is claimed, information so far re- released, though classified, has caused no known harm to any individual, but it has caused plenty of embarrassment to our government. Losing a grip on your empire is not welcomed by the neoconservatives in charge. Um, which is interesting mm-hmm. because one of the things that they did in prep, prepping this is what all the uh, ambassadors of various countries went out and said to their, you know, their host country, said, hey, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a little embarrassing, and but we just want to know that, you know, we want to work through this with you guys. And we're really your friends, and all the stuff came out that was horrible. Wow. Um, uh, there is now more information confirming that Saudi Arabia is in is a principal supporter and financer of Al-Qaeda, and this should set off alarm bells since we guarantee its Sharia-run government. This emphasized even more the fact that no Al-Qaeda existed in Iraq before 9-11, yet we went to war against Iraq based on the lie that it did. It has been charged by self-proclaimed experts that Julian Assange, the internet publisher of this information, has committed a heinous crime deserving prosecution for treason and execution or even assassination. But should we not at least ask how the U.S. government can charge an Australian citizen with treason for publishing U.S. secret information that he did not steal? Uh, and if WikiLeaks is to be prosecuted for publishing classified documents, why shouldn't the Washington Post, the New York Times, and others that have also published these documents be prosecuted? Actually, some in Congress are threaten, threatening this as well. Uh, I think one of the things you pointed out is somebody said, well, we're going to hold them Bring
0: them to trial and make up crimes yeah. if you, even if they we They said it to. on TV. Yeah. They'll make up, they will make up new laws and then go retrodate them back mm-hmm. to things he did, which they could do that to any one of us if mm-hmm. they didn't take it like liking to us.
1: Yep. The New York Times, as a result of a Supreme Court ruling, was not found guilty in 1971 for the publication of the Pentagon Papers. Daniel Ellsberg never served a day in prison for his role in obtaining these secret documents. The Pentagon Papers were also inserted into the congressional record by Senator Mike Gravel with no charges being made of breaking any national security laws. Yet the release of this classified information was considered illegal by many, and those who lied uh, into the Vietnam War and argued for its prolongation were outraged, which is true. I I even looked up a bunch of this stuff, and it was pretty Mm -hmm. terrible what they did to Daniel Ellsberg. Oh, yeah. but the truth gained from the Pentagon Papers revealed that lies were told about the Gulf of Tonkin attack which perpetrated a sad and tragic episode in our history. Just as the Vietnam War, the Iraq War, uh, was based on lies. Uh, we were never threatened by weapons of mass destruction or Al-Qaeda in Iraq. Though the attack on Iraq was based on this false information, uh, which has been corroborated by George W. Bush in mm-hmm. his latest book. He said, Right. Yeah. He admits it. Yep. Any information that challenges the official propaganda for the war in the Middle East is unwelcome by the administration and supporters of these unnecessary wars. Few are interested in understanding the relationship of, for, of our foreign policy and our presence in the Middle East to, to the threat of terrorism. Revealing the real nature and goal for our presence in so many Muslim countries is a threat to our empire, and any revelation of this truth is highly resented by those in charge. Uh, He continues, questions to consider. Do the American people deserve to know the truth regarding the ongoing war in Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Yemen? Could a larger question be, how can an army private gain access to so much secret material? I think that's a very good question. Uh, why is the hostility mostly directed at Assange, the publisher, and not our government's failure to protect classified information? Also an incredibly Uh good question. Are we getting our money's worth from the $80 per year? I think that's actually low number Uh uh, uh, we spend in our intelligence agencies, which has resulted in the greatest number of deaths, lying us into war, or WikiLeaks revelations, or the release of the Pentagon Papers. If Assange can be convicted of a crime for publishing information that he did not steal, what does this say about the future of the First Amendment and the independence of the Internet? Could it be that the real reason for the near-universal attacks on WikiLeaks is more about secretly maintaining a seriously flawed foreign policy of empire than it is about national security? Is there not a huge difference between releasing secret information to help the enemy in the time of of a declared war, which is treason, and the releasing of information to expose our government lies that promote secret wars, death, and corruption? Um, Was it not once considered patriotic to stand up to our government when it is wrong? He concludes with, uh, Thomas Jefferson had it right when he advised, Let the eyes of vigilance never be closed
0: hmm
1: so mm-hmm. um, I think those are some very mm-hmm. timely questions and I a hundred percent agree with everything that he said. It's
0: not uncommon that Ron Paul is one of the few people who gets it you know yeah. amongst our officials that's pretty pretty consistent, but I tell you when I talk to most Christians, they look at me like I have a third head when I can't I when can't I talk about ron it. paul yeah. what's what's your issue with him? But they've been fed into a frenzy, sort of like how the crowds were, you know, with Paul and Ephesus or something. Uh you know. And it's yeah. basically because he doesn't like war and the church has become so enthralled with war that if you don't like war, we don't care how moral or decent a man is, we don't like you. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, he doesn't think the uh the government has the jurisdiction or even the the capability to solve the drug problem and those are the only two things I know are that people Complain, and I have to say I uh, understand the merits of what he what he says.
1: Yeah. Um, Here is a quote. Here was a quote that was delivered from what later turned out to be a top U.S. Mm-hmm. commander in the Afghan War. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Failure. Someone wound up with a lot of opium and heroin, and a bunch of corporations made a killing from a gusher of absurd and lucrative contracts." That sounds more like another day at the office and failure to me considering the criminal organizations involved and their blood soaked gravy train. He had just retired and made that anonymously and it hmm. later came out like who he was. I did, won't read it. Did he come there. from over there in Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was he was uh, one of the top Afghan commanders. Yeah. And he said that uh he said that on a radio interview.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um anyway, that's what I got.
0: Hmm. Wow. Well, uh, can I I dug myself in a hole last week? Can I dig myself a little deeper? Sweet. get okay. the shovels, okay uh, this is something that'd be unpopular with, with some of our listeners uh based on some I mean. of their recommendations and I don't mean this to poke at them. I appreciate all of you all out there and but by the way, it happens to all of us, including me at various times oh, you and know you what? and others
1: i I have to make a retraction. Uh-uh. We were talking about uh uh t s a and I quoted a story about uh, something that was happening in Colorado. Yeah. Just sort of off the cuff. I don't right. think I read it. But right. it turns out that story was false. Right. Yeah. Right. So.
0: Right. Somebody um, was exaggerating. Yeah. But it may turn out to be not such an exaggeration in time. Well, uh,
1: uh, one of the things that we covered there, of course, was mm-hmm. the fact that they're saying to kids, let's play a game. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, that's pretty sick. Man. Pretty sick. Pretty I know. Pretty sick.
0: I know. But it's only going to get worse. Last week, I brought up a topic uh, like. Couldn't leave things all well off alone mm-hmm. about Walid Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And right at this point, that show hasn't aired, so I haven't gotten the flag <laughs> yet. So it'll probably be coming in a couple of days. Yeah. But, and um, in, in just asking questions, because I happen to come across this information uh, based upon somebody asked me to look up something on Ergen Kaner, and this came up with Walid Shabbat. So I thought, you know, people ask us a lot to him on the show. He is very, very popular in evangelical circles to come speak at conferences on the danger of Islam and things like that. So, I read some stuff that was available just on a simple source online. And I think I mentioned at the end of the show, uh, I said, you know, I really need to go hear his side of things. And uh, in all the busyness of the week, finally, earlier today, I got a chance to go look and read his side. But he referred to some of the original articles that were written about him in some magazines. So, it's really best that I just briefly read those to make sure I can allude to what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And then let our listeners draw their own conclusions. Uh in fact, uh, you know, many people would say, and rightly so, why don't you have a man like this on your show and address him directly? Mm-hmm. Which is great. Except that as you'll find, he makes a full complete statement about what he thinks about these things on his website. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of redundant to have somebody sure. say the exact same thing. It's not, not like new information. So it's mm-hmm. just up to our listeners to decide. Um he referred to an article actually from the Washington Post uh, and it says, uh, Skeptics challenge life stories offered by high-profile Muslim converts to Christianity. Uh, this was in the Washington Post this past June. It says, uh, Liberty University is expected to release a report next week on whether Ergen Kainer, president of Southern Bat- uh, their school's Baptist Theological Seminary, fabricated or exaggerated his account of being a former Muslim extremist rescued by Jesus. As we know, it came out that What was the term that they used? Uh, Inconsistent facts or facts that were contradictory. Facts
1: that were contradictory, yeah. I'm going to have to write that down to use that.
0: Figure out how that works. But anyway, he was pushed out of that position. Okay, it says, Kaner's no ordinary ex-Muslim. His story has made him a favorite in conservative Christian circles and many credit the charismatic preacher with helping boost enrollment at the school founded by the late Jerry Falwell, Uh, which is probably true because he's a very charismatic guy. Mm -hmm. At the same time, some critics say Kaner is just the latest charlatan in a line of supposedly ex-Muslim terrorists who have found an audience amongst Christian fundamentalists seeking to attack Islam. Most worrisome, the critics say, is that the self-styled former terrorists have been welcomed as experts on Islam and terrorism by religious institutions, universities, media outlets, members of Congress, and even the military. These guys are the real terrorists what a squirt gun is to an AK-47 said uh, Mikey Weinstein, president of the Reli- Military Religious Freedom Foundation, who brought claims of religious discrimination against the U.S. Air Force Academy. But this is not a joke. This is a national security threat, he said. Kaner, 43, has said that he was raised as a Muslim extremist in Turkey, that he converted to Christianity after moving to Ohio as a teenager in 1978. Until I was 15 year old, I was a Islamic youth jihad, he said in November 2001 sermon in Jacksonville, Florida. He says, I was trained to do to do that which was done on September 11, as were thousands of youth. In 2002, he wrote Inside Islam, an insider's look at Muslims' life and beliefs with his brother Emir, president of Truett McConnell College, a Baptist school in Cleveland, Georgia. In recent months, however, skeptical bloggers such as a London-based Mohammed Khan of fakexmuslims.com It's an interesting title. Hmm. And Oklahoma-based Debbie Kaufman of the Ministry of Reconciliation blog began unearthing documents and statements by Kaner contradicting his claims. The Kaner brothers' book, for example, states that they were born in Sweden, not Turkey, and spent most of their time with their non-Muslim brother, not their Muslim father. And after the parents divorced in the United States, records indicate that the family arrived in the United States in 1974, four years earlier than Ergen Kaner had claimed. Caner and Liberty officials have declined to comment. Chancellor Jerry Falwell Jr. in May 10 statements only said that in light of the fact that several newspapers have raised questions, we felt it was necessary to initiate a formal inquiry. They omitted there he made a real slur against these bloggers. Yeah, he said he we called don't respond them, to, bloggers. Nasty names yeah, and and to bloggers, which turned out to seem to be true. Mm-hmm. Other avowed terrorists turned christians have drawn scrutiny as well, including U.S. citizens Walid Shabbat, author of Why We Want to Kill You and Kamal Salim, who has worked for Focus on the Family and recently wrote The Blood of Lambs. Like Kainer's book, their books purport to be insider explorations of radical Islam. Shobat, who was who has is called Islam the Devil, says he was recruited by the Palestine Liberation Organization as a teenager. In nineteen seventy seven he is said he threw a bomb on the roof of the Bethlehem branch of an Israeli bank. The bank, however, has no record of the incident and it was Never reported by Israeli news outlets. When asked by the Jerusalem Post in 2008 why there were no records, Shabbat surmised that the incident was not serious enough to merit news coverage. Yet four years earlier, he told Britain's Sunday Telegraph, I was terribly relieved when I heard on the news later that evening that no one had been hurt or killed by my bomb. So, well, he said he hadn't heard it, and then he said he heard it. Okay. On his website, Salim, another gentleman, says he carried out terror missions in Israel, fought with Afghan Mujahideen against the Soviets, and came to the United States hoping to weigh shihad against America. He also said once that he was descended from the Grand Wazir of Islam, until skeptics pointed out that it was a nonsensical term, akin to calling someone the governor of Christianity. Uh, so it's like some made up position. Huh. Okay, skeptics also point out that Shabbat and Salim say they carried out terrorist activities in the 1960s and 70s, long before modern Islamic radicalism emerged in the 80s. They also ask why, we mentioned this before, if their stories are true, uh, the two have been able to retain their US citizenship. Uh, Uh, and then Ibrahim Hooper, uh, says that Kander Shabbat, Salim, and others belong to an industry that is often perpetuated by fundamentalist Christians. The people that are going, uh, that are doing this do it to make money or get converts or to get some personal benefit. Uh, Muslims and non-Muslims alike are troubled that these avowed former terrorists have been welcomed as experts. They've appeared on CNN and Fox News and spoken at Harvard Law School. 2008, they were speakers at a terrorism conference sponsored by the Air Force Academy. Okay, government group, the findings of which were to be distributed at the Pentagon and Capitol Hill. Um, it says, with the United States engaged in combat in the heart of the Islamic world, Weinstein said, Christian fundamentalists in the U.S. military are promoting terrorist-turned-Christians with potentially deadly consequences. These guys are spewing Islamophobic hatred, and the Pentagon laps it up. This is the kind of prejudice and beggar that can lead to genocide. And you know what's sad about that is that this will be used as an excuse to go after all fundamentalist Christians. Yep. This will this will go after all. Okay, do you mind if I proceed? Please. A little bit. Uh, please do. Because I, I don't want to read the redundancy here, but I really, because this is something that will be a hot button for people, and I want to be complete uh, mm-hmm. on this. No, uh, no I totally uh, understand. So you
1: please roll tape.
0: Just go boring like they do at the basketball games if, uh, but, uh. Now this is the Jerusalem Post article, okay, this is I think the key, okay, I got sure. okay. <laughs> that got that, it. That, uh, that really sort of got the ball rolling on this, uh-huh. it cited the most in this Jerusalem Post, uh, March 2008 actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, uh, Walid Shabbat set to speak with Joe Lieberman and Salam Mirador at conference this summer. It says, uh, uh, when he was 16, says Walid Shabbat, he was recruited by a PLO operative by the name of Mahmoud al-Mugrabi to carry out an attack on a branch of the bank Lioumi in Bethlehem. Which is a pretty specific event description. At six in the evening, he was supposed to detonate a bomb in the door of the bank. But when he saw a group of Arab children playing nearby, he says his conscience was pricked. And he threw the bomb on the roof of the bank uh instead, where it exploded, causing no fatalities. So it's still a bomb exploded on the roof. Okay. okay. This is the story that Shabbat, uh, who converted from Islam to Christianity in 1993 and has lived in the U.S. since the 70s, has told on tours around the U.S. and Europe since 9 one opened the West's public consciousness to the dangers of Islamic extremism. Now, remember, this is the Jerusalem Post, okay? This is not a Muslim or Muslim-friendly site, mm-hmm. the Jewish. Shabbat's website says that his is an assumed name used to protect uh him from reprisal attacks by his former terror chiefs whom he says have put a ten million dollar price on his head. Shobat is some uh, evidently they cannot find him, even though he's, he's at, like a speaking tour in a He's website. advertised yeah. and he's at all these places where you can see him. The these guys can't get to him. Um so, anyway, Shabbat is sometimes paid for his appearances, and he also solicits donations from the Walid Shabbat Foundation to help fund this work and to fight for the Jewish people. The BBC, Fox News, and CNN have all presented Shabbat as a terrorist-turned-peacemaker, interviewing him as someone uniquely capable of providing insight into the terrorist mindset. He and two other former extremists are set to appear along, U.S. Senator, US Senator Joe Lieberman, um, uh, ambassador to the U.S. and other notables at the annual Christians United for Israel conference in the, Washington. Um, the three ex-terrorists have appeared, it's like the three tenors, the three ex-terrorists um, have appeared at uh, previously at Harvard in Columbia and most recently the U.S. Air Force Academy uh, in, in February uh, at a conference the, the findings are circulated at the Pentagon and among members of Congress. Um Last year, Shobat spoke at the Battle Cry Christian gathering in San Francisco, which um, I think that's where the Peacemakers go to the Battle Cry conference, mm-hmm. um, which drew a reported 22,000 evangelical teenagers to what the San Francisco Chronicle described a mix of pep rally, rock concert, and church service. The paper described Shobat as a self-proclaimed former Islamic terrorist who said that Islam was a satanic cult and told the crowd that he eventually accepted Jesus in his heart. Uh, however, Shabbat's claim to have bombed Bank Liumi in Bethlehem is rejected by members of his family who still live in the area. And Bank Liumi says that it has no record of such attack ever taking place. Hmm. Now this is from Jerusalem, which is just down the street from Bethlehem. Brother, mm-hmm. checking this out. Yep. Uh, his uh, relatives, uh, members of the Shabbat family, are mystified by the notion of Walid Shabbat being an assumed name. They still have that name. In other words, his name is the same as their name. What's assumed. Okay. It's like I'm Dr. Future going under an assumed name of Dr. Future. Okay. Yeah. Um, it says, uh, And while each Shabbat's foundation working process is less than transparent, with Shabbat's claim that it is registered as a charity in the state of Pennsylvania, being denied by the Pennsylvania State Attorney's Office. Shabbat's claim to have been a terrorist rests on his account of the reported bombing at Bank Leumi, But after checking his files... The bank said it had no record of an attack on its Bethlehem branch anywhere in the 77-79 to 79 period. Shabbat told the Jerusalem Post that this could be because the bank building was robustly protected with steel. Um, I don't know how he knew how uh, the roof was done. but And that the attack may have caused a little damage. Asked whether Word of the Bombing made the news at the time. He it was said, so
1: heavily built that they didn't notice a bomb being thrown on
0: there. Or, or heard it or anything. Yeah. Um, wow. He says, asked... Whether word of the bombing made the news at the time, he says, I don't know. I didn't read the papers because I was in hiding the next three days. So he had no aware of that. It was in the news. It said uh, um, in 2004, he told Britain Sunday Telegraph, I was terribly relieved when I heard on the news later uh, that the evening that no one was hurt or killed by the bomb. So he heard that evening of the bombing that no one was heard, but his earlier comment was, oh, I didn't hear anything in the news for three or four so days I was so undercover. So there's
1: some facts that are contradictory.
0: Contradictory facts, yeah. yeah. Um, Shobat could not immediately recall the year or even the time of the year of the reported bombing when talking to the Post by phone from the U.S. After wavering, he finally settled on the summer of 77. Uh, the Sunday Telegraph described Shobat as a man for much of his life was eager to commit acts of terrorism for the sake of his soul and his life was uh, and for the Palestinian cause. In that interview, he described how he and his peers were indoctrinating his children to believe that the fires of hell were an ever-present reality. Um, the teachers told us the only way we could avoid that fate was to die in a martyrdom operation, to die for Islam. But an uncle and cousin for Shobat, who still lives uh, in the Bethlehem area, where he grew up, says Shabbat's education was rather mild ideologically, and religion did not play a dominant role. Um, the, uh, the uncle rem- remembered a little about his nephew because Walid left for America at the age of 16, uh, and because his American mother always kept a distance from the rest of the family. Mm. Uh, the uncle and his wife said that firmly that there was no attack on Bank Luumi, um, when questioned on this discrepancy, Shobot was adamant that he did carry out such a bombing and that his relatives deny it to cover up for another cousin who was with him during the attack and still lives in Bethlehem. Um, Shobat evinced no particular surprise that his family could be tracked down simply by asking be it sure locals where they lived, even though his internet site claims it is an assumed name. Shobat claims his conversion to Christianity as a transformation from hate to love. Very uh, to a battle cry. But yeah. yeah. Well, he told the Post he believes in a greater Israel that includes Judea and Samaria. By this, I mean a Jewish state. Um, he said that our, Israel should retake the Gaza Strip and rehouse Jews there regarding Gaza as Jewish by right. If a Jew has no right to Gaza, then he has no right to Jaffa or Haifa either. Um he says he advocates a government of greater Israel introducing a law providing for the exiling of anybody who denies its right to exist, even if they were born there. Hmm. Um, let's see here. It says that he, he talked about the Jews. He said the Jews are not aware of the true threat. Speaking about the Jews himself, um, He said they are still fighting dead Nazis. It's easy to fight dead people, but they don't have the will to fight the living Nazis, the Islamic, ra- Islamic radicals. Uh and he told the post he set up the Walid Shabbat Foundation to educate Americans as to why the U.S. should support Israel. Uh he said his foundation has reached out to over four hundred and fifty million people. That's a lot of people. He said it held events where he and others like him, whom he called ex terrorists, who have become Zionists, spoke about their views to Jewish Christian secular audiences. Um, uh, let's see here. It says a New York Times report last month on the US Academy event headline, speakers at Academy said to make false claims. Uh noted that academic professors and others who have heard these men speak in the US and Canada have said some of their stories border on the fantastic, like Mr Salim's account of how as a child he, as a child he infiltrated Israel with plastic bombs via a network of tunnels under the Golan Heights which I think that was the first report ever of tunnels in the Golan Heights. Wow,
1: that would be a serious yeah. thing. As know. a
0: child, no such incidents have been reported, the academic experts said. Uh, and so they make some, some similar claims, you know, wanting to know uh, you know, uh, how these things could be, but with their age and things like that. Um, it says, uh, okay, and there's a professor here at Calvin College in Grand Rapids that It pointed out about who is this Grand Rozier person, you know, that's mentioned. Mm -hmm. There's no such person that exists, a nonsensical term. Um, And and also it's been pointed out, I'm I'm just skipping down here, why they're allowed to circulate freely if they're actually terrorists have been doing terrorist things. Um, And a spokesman for the FBI of the paper noted that there are no warrants for their arrest. The Times said the three men were paid $13,000 for their Air Force Academy event. Visitors to Sh- uh, Shabbat's Internet site are encouraged to make a donation to his foundation to enable him to disseminate his message. However, a notice on the page states that for security reasons, the money will not be debit- debited to his foundation for security reasons, but rather to a company called Top Executive Media. The name Top Executive Media is used by a greetings card firm from Pennsylvania called Top Executive Greetings, a company with an annual turnover of 500000 when one makes a donation through the Sh- Shabbat Internet site, the web address changes to topexecutivegreetings.com slash Shabbat. This seems to be the only active page for the company. Its home page is blank. Asked by the Post whether the Waleed Shabbat Foundation is a registered charity, Shabbat replied that it is registered in Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania State Attorney's Office said it had no record uh, of a charity registered under his name. Question further, Shabbat said it was registered under a different name, but that he was not aware of the details which are handled by his manager, he says I may, uh, remain separate to the running of the charity, so it's not I'm not constrained by the church rules. So he didn't have to activate under the church rules. He explained, adding that the organization's connection to certain churches meant it would be difficult for him to speak to secular audiences if he became too involved in running it. You know, I know there's some issues you have to work out when you have secular and church audiences too, uh, but. It's a little hard to follow, isn't it? Uh, Dr. Joel Fishman of the Allegheny County Law Library in Pennsylvania expressed doubts about this donation process. This is from where this is registered, or supposedly was. He says, if the money were given to a registered charity, the charity would have to make annual reports to the state and federal government on how it was spent. Shabbat insisted donations were not misused. He says, I survive by being an author, and I only get paid for being an author. All the money that is donated gets put back into events. If the bank bombing claim is unfounded, it is unclear why Shobat would have wanted to manufacture terrorist past. True or not, it has plainly brought him some prominence and provided him time to uh, means to speak in favor of Israel and paid for doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry that was long, but that was like the foundation. There's a, there's other ones like the New York Times and others. But can I conclude just with some of his comments on his website? Sure. Um, That's I, really what I'd like to hear. The I most. invite everybody to go to the website. Um to me, it was a little hard to follow um, on the website, um, but it, it, the best I could interpret it, it was a little hard for me to interpret, is that when you go under his credentials, that he sort of has a little segment sort of relates to each of these stories, and, and one that I didn't read. Um, he says, uh, the, the litany of accusations in the media came in sequence. First, I was a Lebanese phalangist when this was proven false. Then came the denial that I ever lived in Israel. This was proven false. I never was in prison in Jerusalem when this was false, and I was a Zionist agent for money. Um, so he says, you'll find several articles attempting to discredit my story and my claims, none of which uh, can respond to what you will find here. My story is a litany of personal accounts from imprisonment, uh, attempted lynching, a failed bombing, uh, operation of Israeli bank, a mother that is not permitted to leave her country, an education on anti-Semitism, Terror support from the U.S., and a connection to a family well-linked to terrorism. Uh, they are all documented in the book, Why We Kill You. Um, he says, everything I stated is true. Th- these attempts to discredit my story came through my Muslim family and relatives are involved in aiding and abetting terrorism or actual bombings. Um, and he goes through all of them. It's, it's, it, to me, it's very hard to read because uh, he, he basically downgrades the people who were some of the small journalists I don't see him so much addressing the Jerusalem Post or the other ones. There's a few independent journalists that went and interviewed the family, mm-hmm. and he sort of spends his time saying that to not trust them.
1: Well, well, what about, I mean, the big linchpin I, in my mind is um, the Bethlehem, the, the bombing in Bethlehem. Uh, the several. Which several is the main
0: thing that makes him a terrorist from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, that was the key of uh, if that.
1: He, if he threw a bomb on the, the roof or in the front of it or somewhere in the direction of the Bethlehem branch bank, then i he qualifies as a terrorist, and if he did not, then he qualifies as somebody whose facts are contradictory
0: right well i I don't really see convincing evidence yeah or nay about that in his response okay um he does say that the 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 civilian journalists are basically untrustworthy, and that um um it's
1: starting to sound like congress now. and that he he
0: basically his uh uh He says that, that you know his family members are Muslims, okay, and terrorists. Okay, he says so You this, can't
1: trust them, and you can't trust the journalists.
0: Right, right. And I assume that means the Jerusalem Post and the New York Times have written on it, and the Washington Times.
1: Uh, but do, does he address that anywhere in the in his response directly, or not?
0: He, he, I, I didn't see that he really mentions these main people much, if at all. He says this civilian journalist, um, uh, spoke with one of Walid's many Palestinian American relatives. Kamal and Kamal had checked his facts with other relatives, and every one of them agreed that while Lee's entire biography is manufactured fabrication, his handlers have taken one point, and twisted, and built up a fictional story. And he, he does it from some like little small website, WeAreWideAwake.org, and focuses his his response to them. Okay. Um, he says these are waiting in line to testify against me to the liberal media. Forgot to inform the media that this brother was exiled by Israel for involvement in a terror ring. Um uh, let's see, when this fact was brought up to the attention of Eileen Fleming, an amateur journalist who openly supports Hezbollah, in one article stated Kamal's denial. Uh, she says, I phoned Walid's relative Kamal the good news that his name was mentioned by Shabat from the King Center stage and filled him with his, it filled him in that his brother Jawad is another supposed terrorist. Kamal laughed. Walid is a master of spin. He takes one iota of truth and creates a fiction. I would think the Jerusalem Post would be able to confirm me that that was true or not, wouldn't they? I mean, they'd yeah. have access to the, Ju- well, the like Israeli government. Well, like I said, I mean, for me,
1: the linchpin is the linchpin, Of course, is his, the Bethlehem bombing. Either he either he did that or he didn't. The you know yeah. uh, the story for me really hangs on that. And well, if he's not he, directly addressing it. I think that's a real problem.
0: He really can't get into that. I mean, he he says things detrimental about some of these small town. Journalist who've, who've looked into himself, he says, sort of like how the, the guys at Liberty got it, went after those bloggers, mm-hmm. you know. He says, uh, Eileen Fleming, the amateur journalist in Hamas Pond, who was tricked by Jonas and company, seemed to have no problem to lend moral support for the family of a terrorist, uh, and suicide bomber, uh, Akras, and even probably travels to a refugee camp to lend support. So she, they're really go- she's really going after the motives. He's going after the motives of her, but, but I don't see any hard story. facts. Yeah. Um that's what made it really i mean basically trying to disparage the people who are asking these these questions um, and so you see the page after page here is mostly confirming that some of his friends are our family members are are terrorists um, let's see here I'm trying to see if there's anything um, I have I I I really can't uh see he says my only my own family testified in mixing truth with lies, okay? Uh it says in, in nineteen seventy seven Walid was caught distributing Palestinian flags and was arrested and held for about two weeks in Mascubia prison until his mother went to the embassy and got him released. But when he was in jail he met someone who invited him to join a group against Israel. In nineteen seventy seven Walid and his friends put packages behind a bank, but there were no explosives in it. And he attributes this to Eileen Fleming, a very stupid journalist writing for op ed news. That's how he describes her. Mm. Um, one can read through the lines. It was true I was in prison was involved with a terror group by my family's own words. I uh, don't get caught up with the words there were no explosives in the package. Why would my family remember an event in seventy seven in which I planted a package with explosives? Why remember such an uneventful event so well yeah, i don't it, I don't. Just- I don't know, you know. Okay. But th- it would be really nice if he could find something from the bank or from the government. Some, something to corroborate. Police. Sure. Um, he says, uh, um, he says, the New York Times also ran an article which has not a single line of evidence. Well, of course, the, their point was they couldn't find evidence of the events. That mm-hmm. was a point that the New York Times was making. Um, it says the credentials of that paper are more questionable than my story. It says they tried to smear McCain and they failed. No serious media believed the smear campaign in that paper, which included the Council on Islamic Relations. Um, yeah, In fact, uh, this article written by New York Times is clearly refuted by terror expert Steve Emerson. And I have a story from the Tennessean on Steve Emerson that's very interesting about he's making absurd sums of money on doing this tour of Sure. The Islamic fear kind of thing, you know. Oh. Um, uh, it says, uh, it says, instead of focus on my family's denied terror connection financial fraud, the media wants you to focus more on our finances by claiming we are not a charitable organization. Uh, and uh, he says, the foundation for Middle East Understanding was set up as a 5013, yet the media opts to include only the business aspect of our firm, top executive media that deals with our book sales and speaking fees. Um, he says it's not a crown to collect pay for speaking fees and book sales. Voluntary activism, in our opinion, is less effective. So it would be more effective if you get money.
1: Manipulative, I would it's say. It's less, to, well, he says if voluntary
0: activism, it, in our opinion, is less effective.
1: Okay, so involuntary activism.
0: Well, you get paid. You get paid for it. So oh, he's oh, saying no, it would right, be right, more right. effective if he got paid, uh, to do this kind of activity. Oh, okay, okay? I mean. Um uh,
1: I don't agree, uh, but um, that... that yeah. yeah, he says
0: that he's offered real witnesses that can testify to my bombing operation behalf Bethlehem Bethlehem uh, if you'll make the request in writing. He says people have turned these offers down. I I guess part of the problem that these, these people have is that they take people's testimony. Mm-hmm. How do they know his are true or his family's true or who else is true? Yeah. So if you have bank of, records, if you have something else, it would be, you know...
1: Well, and that's uh, really that's the perplexing thing of you know, there there should be some record somewhere of something. Yeah, this bomb did in fact exist and explode.
0: Yeah, somebody
1: uh, somewhere, you know.
0: So you know, uh, he mostly blames the media uh, for this. Uh, yeah, he says I do not. If I do not view the media, I am not informed. When I do, I'm usually ill informed, despite all the evidence I provided the media against my family's ties to terror, they accept my relatives' link to terrorism as irrelevant, choose to believe their testimony against me, and are glad to deny my terror leaks, including my own confession. Um, They labeled me during my terror days a freedom fighter, now they label me a racist and Islamophobe. Um, So, he says, these same people uh, uh, believed me during my terror-supporting days when we were lying, but refused to believe us when we were telling the truth. So, interesting. I don't know, um, probably didn't make any, but I wanted to, you know, go forward and, uh, present this information.
1: Well, maybe we should have him on the show, I don't know. I, I,
0: yeah, I don't know, I mean, I assume he'll say the same point. It's just, you know, it's a little hard to read his, the way his approach, because it's pretty attacking mm-hmm. uh, on everything, and that's sort of, I've seen him, I've actually been, you know, seen him speak, and it's pretty, pretty coarse stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I don't mean like it's profanity, I don't mean that, but I just mean it's pretty harsh. Yeah, was, like I he was, was t- talking about stupid journalists and all that kind of stuff I was like going to say, what
1: is he like, taking a playbook out of Gene Scott's journal no, or no, something? No, 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 it's not quite like that. <laughs> Shows up in a
0: no. suit and a... But uh, snow snow I probably water. just muddied the waters more, but I just wanted to show that I tried to do some more research, mm-hmm. including from him. And, and uh, was, uh, I will uh, leave it with our listeners. Yeah, sure. It was uh, very, let very you inconclusive. Do your own research, you? but it is important for you, whichever way you fall on it, To this, to to me, it's important to get a an understanding yourself because this is very influential in the evangelical church. It is driving the ship and how we look at over a billion people, Mm -hmm. what these what these folks are doing, and if they're right, then you know so so be it. If they're wrong, then we need to address that as well too. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll have some people that will be pretty upset, you know, when they'll email me about this. But I'd like to hear from them and also the people who uh, maybe have taken a second look. And we'll leave it to everybody to draw their conclusions. Yep. And thanks for bearing with me during that long-winded.
1: But no, well, I mean, I'm glad you took the time to do it. You know, call it, uh, well, never mind.
0: <laughs> okay, give us a story. Something different. Cleanse all right, our here's palate.
1: Some, Something uplifting. This is from a blog. Uh, now we can't remember, we can't trust all those bloggers, but, uh, yeah, so this right. is all fantasy. but uh, You can't
0: trust bloggers, you can't trust Jerusalem Post. You
1: can't trust journalists. If they're civilians,
0: mm-hmm. um, only former terrorist.
1: Yeah, uh, this is, it comes from a bra- blog called SherryQuestioningAll.com. dot com, and uh, that's an
0: interesting. Uh, yeah, I was very interested. How do you spell it. Sherry? There's a million ways to spell Sherry.
1: S h e r r i. Okay. With an i.
0: QuestionsAll.com. dot com. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, CPS investigated a reader because he feeds his children organic food, drinks non-fluoridated water, and has a bug-out bag. Police were standing by. A reader of the blog sent me this account of his experience with CPS. When I read this, I have to wonder, do the CPS people have the common sense to think this is not an allegation that even comes close to, to be child abuse? Can they not think for themselves that the, child, that the claims against a person is ridiculous? The reasons why CPS checked out this person is beyond outrageous. There is no abuse in the questions at all. In fact, it was all about non-abuse. Here is the reader's story as it, as he wrote it to me. Near the end of September 2010, I had a very frightening experience with the Children's Protective Service. It all started with a knock on my door from a woman uh, I had never seen. So, of course, I asked her who she was before I opened the door. She said she was from CPS. I opened the door, and she was on a cellular phone. The next block over, I could see a police car doing a left-hand turn, as if she were in communication with the officer. At the time, I was already concerned as as why she was here at my residence. First off, I asked her why she was here. She said there were allegations of abuse against myself. I was quite shocked, being that I never go anywhere, I have no friends, etc. Literally, I have no fr- physical friends uh in the area where i reside i'm a single father of two girls that i homeschool i never go anywhere and my curiosity was spiked immediately she asked if uh, if she could come in i certainly said uh i said certainly come on in the lady appeared to be nervous which now that i think about it is quite odd anyway the questions she asked me were very odd in it, in itself uh, she said that there were allegations that i wouldn't give my children tap water I responded with pure truth, <laughs> and she was shocked with my response. I said uh, "I said this, the municipal, municipal water supply is fluoridated and has traces of SSRI drugs in it. First off, she hadn't a clue what an SSRI was and responded with, isn't fluoride good for your child's teeth? I responded with facts again and gave this woman a short history lesson in regards to fluoride being used in the Nazi death camps to make the Jews more complacent and docile. She asked where I learned this. I told her I read all day, being that there isn't much work afforded this area. I have nothing else to do other than study and educate my children.
0: Yeah, that was his death knell. Yep. She's saying, oh, he's crazy. He's out there trying to educate himself. That's mm-hmm. that's a danger to society right there. Yep. Yeah. Emmanuel Goldstein. You weren't out there trying to be materialistic and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, buy some more things. Mm-hmm. I was still quite frightened by this
1: woman in my house. I, I mean, really think about it. This woman has the authority to take the only things worth living away from me, my girls. So the allegations continued. The next one was hilarious. She said, I refuse to allow my children to receive their vaccination shots. And I laughed sort of like you did in your investigation. Uh, there's actually some other. This isn't the only one where they report mm-hmm. this stuff. There's some other stuff. Uh, I said, yes, that that's true. I refuse to allow my children to be poked with syringes filled with squalene, thimerosal. Mercury, etc. I promptly produced my state exemption form. Uh, that was the end of that allegation. Mm-hmm. It gets better. The next allegation was that I chose to feed my children predominantly organic foods. I said, "Yes, this is true." She asked why. I gave her a brief history lesson on GMO, uh, high fructose corn syrup, and the links to uh, the escalation. There, there's some misspellings here. Escalation of diabetes in America. By now, it appeared to me this woman was feeling a little more secure in my place of residence. But the next question blew me out of the water. She said that there was an allegation of me having a bug uh, having a bug bag. Um, I couldn't believe it. I knew immediately this allegation was from someone I knew personally, not someone online, because I've never made a bug-out bag video. And anyway, I told the worker that... A bug-out yes,
0: bag is yeah. when things get really bad, you've got enough to live on, Mm-hmm. for a few days to mm-hmm. get in case something happens which actually FEMA and our government recommends yeah. you do mm-hmm. uh, I
1: told the worker that yes I have a 70, 72 hour bug out bag she asked why by then I had the lady cozy and quite interested in the things I had been saying I simply responded with the answer don't you think it's good to have a 72 hour bag we reside in a city with over 1600 known gangs in the event of civil unrest don't you think it would be a good idea to evacuate do you remember Hurricane Katrina or Haiti? That sealed the deal, I believe in her mind. Uh, this was a black woman, and both Katrina and Haiti devastated the black communities in New Orleans and Haiti. I believe it was clear in her mind that what I was doing wasn't criminal. She asked my gals if I hit him. They said, "Oh yeah, my daddy would will, will whoop my backside if I say nasty if I say a nasty word." The woman asked me if this was true. I said, yes, and it is completely legal to spank your child in this state. In fact, there are school districts here in my state that allow it in public schools. She responded that she had heard of that on the news. I responded immediately with more facts, that those schools have the lowest incidence of violence, of violent acts by the youth, the graduation rate was far higher, and there were less suspensions in those schools. I think that closed it again. Hmm. She asked to look in the refrigerator and said, sure, and to look at the kids' room. I consented. There were no questions of militia or secretive groups, just questions about the things I hold dear. Mm -hmm. My warning to other parents is this. If you're going to be a parent nowadays, you better be prepared with facts, data, and other things to back up, and the guts to say the truth and defend your right to parent in a safe manner. Yes, but in a manner that is appropriate to you, the parent. The case was closed one month later, and truly these people are terrorists. Mm. Uh, 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 This is the way I feel... They can legally just come into your house, investigate false allegations, and if they aren't open-minded to the truth, just snatch your, loved, your loves away. Hmm. So, uh, that was a uh, an account from uh, a reader of SherryQuestioningAll.com. dot
0: com, which is consistent with Will Gregg and others mm-hmm. who have addressed yeah, this he issue He had a too. had a problem uh, yeah. with the cps showing up at his from allegations yeah, but uh alex jones has done a whole lot about this mm-hmm. it's one of those kind of issues most people don't care anything about unless it impacts them unless then it then impacts horrible. somebody yeah. in their family and then it stops the presses mm-hmm. this is this is a key thing and you have very very few options but what they did was they were confident they spoke with authority i wouldn't recommend that people get nasty with them or mm-hmm. get super defensive Just be polite but just act Stand like you've got things under control. Mm-hmm. You know, I I would have said I think a better answer on that thing on the bug out bag is that that's what our government recommends on our website. And I want to mm-hmm. be be a prudent parent, mm-hmm. you know. Uh play play the game if you have to like that, you know, but show them, you know, you're you're doing things because they're so uninformed on a lot mm-hmm. of these matters they don't know these kind of things and so they're immediately spooked about things that they're uncomfortable and they don't want they're supposed to be the official yeah. they don't want to be shown to be ignorant mm-hmm. so unless you want to make them look stupid expect them to come out fighting find a graceful way for them to save face is what i would recommend when they come and do it don't actually say well are you an idiot why are you you know why don't you know this mm-hmm. that probably doesn't you know go very well um uh, just don't paint them in the corner then, because they, they'll come out fighting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's true. You know, but don't true. apologize for who you are.
1: Well, uh, I think too that a lot of times in cases like this, in the back of their mind, what they're thinking is, uh, if something happens, will I be sued? Mm-hmm. And and if you can alleviate that,
0: I thought about that with the water. You could always tell them, say, look, if if you want them to drink a glass of the water here, will you sign a form? Saying that you'll be liable for any effects of the SSRI on them, mm-hmm. and that probably would shut things down. Indeed. You know? Well, very interesting. Uh, would you like for me to share a roll tape? Okay. This is a short one. Going back, uh, shooting in my own camp, throwing another grenade under my fellow people's tent. Yep. Okay. Um, this is a. Uh, uh, there's charges filed uh, against four former employees for conspiracy to commit extortion. This is in the Dallas Morning News. Dallas files countersuit against former employees for conspiracy to commit extortion. This is Daystar, the big cable network. One of mm. the now they're like one of the very top uh, Christian content cable uh, TV networks. Mm-hmm. Um, litigation is mounting in the adultery and alleged extortion controversy involving Daystar, the Dallas-area Christian television network. Late today, Daystar filed a countersuit in Tarrant County District Court against Jeanette Hawkins, a former employee who sued the network in Dallas County District Court on Wednesday. The Daystar suit also names two other former employees who are being represented by the same attorney as Hawkins. The latest suit alleges a conspiracy to commit extortion. Trouble at Daystar became public Tuesday when its founders, Marcus and Joni Lamb, who they're the people you usually see when you go to the website TV, Mm -hmm. used a live network broadcast to acknowledge his past infidelity. Whoa. That had to be sort of a strange show (laughs) to do that way. We've got a very
1: special show for you today. Yeah. Not so much PowerPoint or interactive.
0: Uh, It's real sad, you know. Uh, They also claimed on air that three people had sought $7.5 million to keep the adultery story out of the media. You know, that'd be, I wonder if that's on YouTube. That's got to be an awkward thing for him to be standing there while they're talking about this. Uh, it says, a day later, Hawkins filed suit. She claims she was hired as marketing director by Marcus Lamb and a female executive who promised her she would be working in a Christian environment. Instead, her suit says she discovered Lamb and the executive were having an affair. Hawkins' suit says that she was devastated by that revelation and by a request from Joni Lamb to help cover up the reason for the other woman's departure from Daystar. Hmm. Daystar's countersuit states Hawkins sent a farewell email to the Lamb when she left the company in 2008 that includes, Thank you for both for a wonderful opportunity and it's hard saying goodbye to the Daystar family. I will miss you.
1: Well, that just could be... You know, being trying to be polite. Get out of here. Yeah, it doesn't. You
0: don't know either way. Yeah, yeah. the countersuit also says Dallas attorney James Fisher, who represents the three former employees, met with Daystar lawyers on November 18th and began describing details about the Marcus Lamb affair and other sensational and false allegations against Daystar. The Daystar suit states Fisher demanded seven and a half million dollar settlement and threatened to go to the media if payment didn't occur by December 1st. The suit also alleges Fisher bragged about having taken President Clinton's deposition in the Paula Jones sexual harassment case and said he knew how to deal with the media. Defendants' conduct constitutes at a minimum extortion, the suit filed by Daystar states. Fisher said the Daystar lawyers had not sent him their suit, but he repeated his earlier denials of the extortion accusation. That's absurd, he said. So, you know, a lot of people will say, you shouldn't read that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff, just, it's not good to talk about fellow believers and things like that. But, you know, that's the same kind of thing the Catholic Church says. And it says we shouldn't bring up pedophile priests. We should just reassign them and not talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying pedophilia and this are equal. But I'm just saying covering up or hushing up stuff like that is what leads to further problems. Sure. And further, because it will come out in the light of day. And the more we cover stuff up and are complicit that is many times more damaging to the non-Christian world than the fall from grace of the individual well, I, leader.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting with all of these things. I see it over and over and over again. The, the fault people always bring up is, well, you know, that is too harsh for this disciplinary action or not harsh enough yeah. or whatever. But the thing I see again and again and again in these things is that people never repent. Uh, this would be uh ostensibly if his if his you know saying all this stuff mm-hmm. on air is true
0: you mean instead of being just sorry they got caught
1: yeah they're they well yeah that's it they're yeah. always sorry they got caught you yeah. know one case is yeah. a guy had an uh inappropriate relationship with somebody and uh, uh supposedly nothing happened but it yeah. came really close to being awfully unbiblical uh let's just say yeah. and uh she went to the elders and the elders Elders of the church went to him and he denied it. And then she, they went back to her and he said, "No, it's true." And we went back to him again. He said, "No," and finally she was able to divulge stuff that you know didn't yeah. sound like a fake account. And they went to him and finally he said, "Okay, no, I did." Yeah. And and they said, "Well, okay. Uh, so we're, you're not going to be our pastor again, and you know mm-hmm. we're we're going to run you out of here." Yeah. And uh, the point uh, it, it's you know harsh or not harsh enough. The point is always what did he do he you know he was totally unrepentant for it again and right. again and again he tried you know not only was he sinful but then he tried to lie and cover it up
0: and you know we all sin and many times Holy i'll cow. speak for myself yeah. i have not wanted to let go so i sometimes things you know for a long time it's like okay checkmate so i understand that that mm-hmm. that is a human sure. nature but and there and are
1: things that are things in my life that it's that are so bald-faced and so sinful that um, I would have a hard time being uh, feeling comfortable doing ministry work if those See, sort of things. were That's in my the life. question
0: I'm getting at, and that's the big thing for me is that, well first of all, and by the way, on that story, I don't know how that's going to set up. That's what sure. the courts have decide, mm-hmm. whether they think that was extortion or not, or you know how that works. I don't know. One thing I do know, unless there was infidelity which they confessed to it, mm-hmm. unless somebody who who had the, the leadership of all those people in a Christian ministry and working with them, unless they did that, none of this would have come up. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they had not done that, there would not be all of this problem. Same story with David and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't done that, indiscretion, every, all the other kind of stuff happened, and we know where the buck stops. But it seems to me, and this may be unfair, simply because they're public figures and people are looking for stories. It sure seems like people in leadership positions like that in the church have a disproportionate amount of these kind of things happen. Now, I read stories that infidelity is very widespread, Mm -hmm. that it's high percentage even in the church. I can't look at the people where we go to church and think that high percentage of people are, I mean, I know there's some, but it's that widespread are doing it. Maybe it is. It's hard to say. You know, But it stupefies me, and then I think, do these people have the power of God in their life? Not that any of us are sinless. But you know, infidelity is a pretty serious thing. Yeah, that's not There's stuff like that. You
1: know, that's not just a simple thing. Yeah, you know, that's. Uh...
0: Uh, but but the, the the thing that you were getting at is another issue. In that, is that when it does happen, and it sure seems like it happens a lot, mm-hmm. um, rather than saying, you know, you need to find another way to serve God. Because this has really caused problems for you in this particular slot of, Mm -hmm. because as you know, there's a million ways to do ministry. I mean, we do something here that that messed up and need
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) Well, and and what we do here gets no endorsement. I guess, of course, there's no money making for it, but that's not what we're doing it for. But there's nothing to stop us. Maybe, but there's nothing that stops us from doing it. There's so many ways you can a million ways in one church to do it. Mm -hmm. But yet these people feel like almost it's the only talent they have. And they got to get back because they can really motivate people and say some real zingers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they want to get up there. And then the people give them this feeling like, well, we need you back up in that pulpit. And so they rush them back through, you know, a la Todd Bentley and these other people. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, a lot of these people are making money off this stuff. It makes money to get these people back up on stage Mm -hmm. and doing stuff. And to me, it's a whole big messed up mess. And I know I'm not alone in thinking that.
1: It's very... I tremble. It's
0: different uh, than restoration. It's yeah. one thing to restore a brother, but to put them back in a position where they were before in a weakness, mm-hmm. you you were exploiting that person and you're exploiting yeah. their weakness when you do that.
1: I tremble at at what God thinks about things like that, you know. Yeah,
0: I tremble not just off of me, what he thinks about me, you know.
1: I know. I feel the same way. It's very scary. Very, uh, I mean, I could go on and on about
0: it. I, mean, I, I fear of my hypocrisy. Every week when we talk about tough stuff like this. Yeah, me too. Um, like, what am I saying, anything? I try, to,
1: I try to really examine myself every once in a while and be like, okay, is this, you know.
0: I really don't want, and I know you feel the same way. I, I don't talk about these things because I want to show people I'm better than these people. I can't. I mean, I got issues too, and I got problems. But denial does not help any of us in the body, does it? No. I mean, it's one thing to do something private, but this is stuff that's already public in the news. These are people that are high-level figures. It's already gone on. When you do infidelity and stuff, and you're a prominent person or other kind no, of sins, not
1: prominent, not infidelity. It's going to come. It's going to come in the news,
0: though. Yeah, it's going to come in the news. And
1: I, I to be honest, I would sort of hope so. You, I'd rather have it out there. And
0: what God says, God what was whispered in the bed chambers, yeah. is. Shouted from the rooftops, and that, I shudder my own life about that.
1: It's a good thing I sleep on the couch most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Fall asleep doing yeah. whatever I'm doing. Well, do we need another story? Yes, we We've got time. No, story. Okay. Um, one of the things that, you know, uh, Mish has talked about a lot, mm-hmm. and other play- people is, uh, if you can't pay your mortgage, just walk away from the property. Right. Right. Um, here's, uh, here's an interesting, one of the things is that lawyers are helping people walk away. This is from, uh, uh, Yves Smith over there at Naked Capitalism. Hmm.
0: Um, is that like an adult site only? or No, that...
1: that's an economics blog. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, new so it's safe for family viewing?
1: Yes. Okay. New tactic to silence foreclosure abuse victims. Sue them. Uh, or new tactic to silence foreclosure abuse critics. Sue them. Hmm. I suppose the latest efforts taken by the members of the foreclosure industry to silence and neuter critics represent a perverse form of progress. If you go by the Gandhi timeline, first they ignore you, then they ridicule you, then they fight you, then you win. Opponents of bad foreclosure practices seem to have done enough damage as to now be worth fighting. Hmm. Uh, But what is telling are the desperate-looking but nevertheless potentially effective measures being deployed to hamstring the opposition. The vanguard of this effort are foreclosure defense attorneys, many of whom are solo or small firm operators. Uh, With not hugely lucrative practices or doing pro bono work, you don't make a lot of money defending people who have no money. Mm -hmm. Suing someone like that, even with a suit that seems spurious, throws a wrench in their operation. It takes time to deal with litigation and often money. Plus, the stress is also a considerable distraction. And, of course, the hope is no doubt that this sort of risk will also deter other lawyers and critics. The first example is a lawsuit filed by National Title against Matthew Widener, a Florida attorney who blogs about foreclosure fraud. The suit charges him with slander and libel. As most readers no doubt know, in the U.S., slander and libel are false and malicious statements that damage the reputation of the subject. Thus, the most effective defense in a slander or libel cases to establish the remarks made were accurate. Note that remarks that are narrowly accurate but misleading can be deemed to be slanderous. Um, and it, it goes on here. It goes on here to talk about this guy commenting on a post in YouTube. Uh, note that uh, the cause celebre is that Widener includes a four-part YouTube video of a deposition of Crystal Moore, a robo-signer at National Tider, and also provided some commentary. Um so they're uh they anyway they 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 sued the guy basically for adding commentary um, i I could go on and on and on, but there's other cases here too, uh including including people people getting uh um, people getting phone calls anti anti foreclosure attorneys um, receiving threatening phone calls at their place of work. You better quit doing this or uh, we know where your kids live. Hmm. Um,
0: things like that. So, um, I have some people I know who are getting those kind of calls. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they are unrelenting. Even after the like second mortgage people, even, I'm not talking about ourselves here, but mm-hmm. somebody I know very well. Mm-hmm. Even after the house went on auction mm-hmm. and settled, and it's no longer their property, <laughs> and everything was settled, you know, declared bankruptcy or foreclosure, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuffs happened. Still, it's like Les Miserables. Rob. That's crazy. I know.
1: sad. That whole thing is really, I don't know why it's not being talked about more from mainstream news sources, but there are people getting foreclosed on that they have the deed to their house, and they go to the bank and they say, here is a copy of the deed to my house signed by a notary. Um, This is an official document. Stop foreclosing on my house. And they go, we don't accept that.
0: But, I mean, have they been paying the loan?
1: Oh yeah. the the yeah. house is theirs. It's paid off. Oh. <laughs> there was one that I read. This guy oh this guy had, had come into some money and he paid for the house in a single large sum, lump sum check. Yeah. And had all the, you know, receipts, everything, you know, and said, Look, this is my house. This isn't your house and the six months it kinda took him to buy the house and have it and then pay the you yeah. know, pay the thing on a lump sum check. Um that that uh Bank that held the title foreclosed, started foreclosure proceedings. So he went down there to the office with a suitcase full of documents and saying, yeah. here it is. And they said, well, we don't, I mean, we don't have that in our record, so we really can't do anything. Yeah. And he said, well, here it is. You can make a photocopy of it. Here I'll leave you one. And basically they did nothing. And he ended up having to sue the bank to get them to stop foreclosing on his property. And, uh, fortunately, the, the judge said, this is crazy, you know, Well yeah. I award you $160,000 plus, uh, um, 6% a day on your trouble, which was yeah. astronomically high award, you know. But, um, it's crazy. We, the property rights. I don't know what's going on, but it's nuts. It's
0: going to get worse. Yeah. It's, it's going to get way worse, I think. Well, we're just about the end. Um, can I sneak in a quick email? Hit it. That's all we got time yeah. for. Okay, let me just do it real quick. Sorry I didn't get more of these in. This is uh Brother Robert. uh been listening to our show, or Bob. Um, Bob says, uh hey, he says, I was just listening to the most recent episode of Future Quake. i like to add my two cents. He says, I really love the Future Quake show, and at first I was waiting for the shoe to drop and I when the Future Quake would be no more. This is after the WNO announcement. Mm-hmm. He says, thankfully that didn't happen, so I'm very relieved. As far as the future goes, I really like the idea of doing a mostly news show with guest interviews on a regular monthly basis this way your listeners get the best of both worlds news and insightful analysis of future news by you and tom as well as guest interviews i really enjoy your guest interviews and i hate to see that aspect of the show go away it seems as though your guest interviews take pride in continually shattering another aspect of my paradigm it seems like almost every other guest interview reveals another falsehood in the world that we've been taught all our lives it's a great service that you and tom are doing for the christian community in exposing these truths um He says it's also on a personal note. I've been very touched by your recent commentaries on various topics. It is totally clear to me that you are a true Christian and your message to love others is also totally heartfelt. It's convicted me that I need to work harder to be more like our Lord and Savior. Thank you. Hmm. I want to encourage and thank you and Tom for all the work you do in exposing the enemy and his works as well as preaching the word to those who listen. Thanks again and God bless you both. I'll keep you in my prayers and ask the Lord to let you guys know what He wants Future Quake version 2.0 to look like. So oh, that's a real blessing, uh, email and I appreciate it so much and it's nice to hear the, you know, mm-hmm. commentary that they like our, our news pieces and stuff well, like that's that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but we'll still have our interviews and stuff, and we'll keep doing it, and we'll evolve. There you Maybe go. we got other things we're considering. We'll evolve. Hopefully I'll get two some, more arms
1: uh, and some wings. Well,
0: somebody else who's evolved, our Human Plus in-house, uh, Merv, will tell you how to contact us at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at Dr. Future at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're coming up to the end of the line here. Any last words?
1: Uh no. Lost civilization may have existed beneath the Persian Gulf.
0: <laughs> okay, I saw some word of that, but I didn't read it. I'm look forward it's to very that. Very interesting. It's it's well, a bunch
1: a of, bunch of guys saying, "Hey, this looks like a viable yeah. theory. Let's test it."
0: Well, hang on to that. Maybe yeah. we can review it next week. Yeah. Uh, I know you're going through the naked body scanner next week, right?
1: Uh, possibly. Okay. I don't know if I'm actually going to go. I might just yeah. decide that I'm not going to get scanned that day.
0: Okay. Well, whatever happens, we'll look forward to that report. We've got to go. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake.